Hi, we are the Flip the Script family. I am Lisa Verasami, a real estate agent, wife, and mom. And I am Darren Verasami, the co-founder of 34 Strong and host of two podcasts, The Nature Advantage and Leading Strong, and dad and husband. Today on the show, we will talk about what it is like for two entrepreneurs with young children to move to Barbados in the middle of a global pandemic. Social unrest and why we made this decision in the summer of 2019. But stay tuned. Welcome back to part four of my amazing conversation, delicious conversation. Guests who are a husband and wife team who have decided to flip the script on business, on parenting and on life. Darren Virasami is the co-founder of the highly successful 34 Strong. He's also the host of two podcasts, The Nature Advantage Show and Leading Strong. And we're also chatting with his life partner, uh, the mother of uh, their children. Uh, she is a realtor and clinical psychologist background, Lisa Virasami. We've been talking about flipping the script. We've been talking about, uh, you know, like just examining why we've normalized that this is how it, whatever it is, has to be and how we can confront the things that we've made normal, that have become limitations for us. And that we, you know, we started out by talking about how they came to this decision uh, about potentially offering their children a different way of living and sort of playing that out, trying it out and seeing what happened. And we talked about some of the psychological impacts of that, some of the things they noticed in their children that they noticed in themselves um, and wanting to create those opportunities. And that this is a very different world than it was before. Uh, we've lived, uh, we're presently, as we record this, living through the pandemic and, you know, suddenly everybody, you know, who used to think teachers were overpaid are suddenly thinking they're the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and then I want to pay them way more money because they realize teaching kids is not easy. And my God, I've got to do it with my two kids. How does my, how does my kids teachers do it when they have 25 or 30 kids in a room? Oh my God, these people deserve medals. And you know, you're having to homeschool. So the realization that we can homeschool, the realization that we can work remotely when we didn't think we could, and the realization that we are maybe not limited to living inside of our bubbles. And that's something we've talked about all the way through this series is how we live in our own reality bubbles, whether that, you know, we could talk about the Fox News bubble. We could talk about the CNN bubble, the MSNBC bubble. We could talk about the Republican bubble. We could talk about the Democratic bubble. We can talk about the California bubble. We could talk about the New York bubble. We could talk about the Middle America bubble. But they're all these sort of bubbles of consciousness that we live in. And then on top of that, we have our own, our own subjective bubble of reality. And inside each of those bubbles, the walls of those bubbles are based in our fears and and we feel safe and quote comfortable uh, inside of those bubbles within bubbles and the willingness to confront them and challenge them means the opportunity to have a different life to to do things differently and these are people who are doing that with themselves who do it, looking at doing that with their businesses and they're looking at doing that with their family they are 
people who were brought up in California, whose children have been brought up in California, and have decided to move to the Caribbean for an experiment, for a one-year experiment, and flip that script and see how it works. Uh, it's not a lifelong sentence. It's not even a commitment for anything more than a year, but it is a commitment to do it. And we were also talking about how uh, what comes up around that. Lisa was saying how she's not a person who likes a lot of change. She likes to plan things out. And this is confronting all kinds of stuff internally. So where I want to go in this final part of the show is I want to ask, first of all, why Barbados? Because people, like I said, some people are probably thinking, sounds kind of cool, romantic, yes. Uh, but what are the challenges with it? And why Barbados? Why not another Caribbean island? Why not South America? Why not Europe? Why not somewhere else? So why there? That's number one. And also, um, from that, what is the best guidance you would offer to to people in this time of both isolation because of COVID and uh, the potential for a nomadic life because of nomad visas and uh, living in a remote world? So I want to welcome you both back. I want to thank you for your time and your commitment to be with us today in opening up this discussion about how to flip the script and uh and of course as you're documenting it so let's jump in first of all why why barbados well it's funny you say why barbados we actually started with a different island that we had planned to move to uh so we we chose a caribbean island uh, darren's family grew up in the well, caribbean <laughs> and mm -hmm. so we've been drawn to the caribbean for years and years so we had made the decision to move to the island of St. Martin. And what we liked originally uh, for that was it, there's 110 nationalities on this tiny island. Wow. So for us to integrate, it was going to be a great experience for our family. You know, it was going to mm -hmm. make things easier because there are so many different types of people. COVID threw a little wrench into that. So mm -hmm. Uh, we were on hold and then Barbados, we, we loved the island, uh, Barbados was perfect too, um, but Barbados offered a welcome home program, which is essentially the work from home option. So you oh. get a visa for 12 months to be able to work from home in Barbados. So that's kind of what sparked that process of switching from one island to the other it just made it so easy so st martin was not offering that kind of a visa correct correct now st martin is that still french half french and half dutch half french half dutch right so um but do most people speak french there or do they or do they speak a variety of languages can you get by very easily with english Yes, so we were planning to be on the Dutch side and the kids could be in school, English speaking, but when you cross over to the French side, it is all French. So, so we like that aspect too, because the kids can be exposed to both. They can live, go to school on one side and be exposed to a whole nother life on the right. other. Right, uh, because Barbados uh, is uh, very, British in its heritage, and, and uh, 
it's fascinating for me because I was I'm I was born as a Brit, and having traveled a lot, um, I noticed that places that were 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 what I call pre-British, meaning the British went in as a part of the British Empire, tend to hold on to a lot more of that stuff than England does. <laughs> they do. There's very much more British you know. Um, even though the British have gone and you, you kicked us off, which is good, by the way. I'm actually in favor of that. But you kind of held on to a lot of the stuff, right? So, is it is it? Do you find it like that, or is it different? Yeah. So Barbados is it definitely has elements of England, and we and that's the beauty of traveling the West Indies is we've been to the Dutch West Indies, we've been to the French West Indies, and the British West Indies. And my family is from British Guiana, on the tip of South America. And it's the only country on the mainland of South America that's considered part of the Caribbean because culturally it's far closer aligned to Trinidad, Tobago and Barbados and many of the other British West Indian islands than like Venezuela or Brazil that's on, mm. on, the, on the tip. English is the, is the common language, but very, very much so British. The education system there is, is British. And you know to get back to that question of why Barbados uh, the, the visa made it easier. That, that, that sure. did make it easier um, for the time that we're in now. We also have, I have some, some friends that are there. We have some family that's there. We had started building some friendships in St. Martin. Uh, one of the, the things that was alluring there is we've, we've really enjoyed it. I had traveled there. That's where I actually got certified as a scuba diver almost 20 years ago. So I still have mm. friends, the, the, the gentleman that actually certified me. I'm still good friends with him. Uh, we've, we've been in contact. So we have some people there and there's actually some familiarity with the island. Um, uh, you know, and we can look, we can hear of locations. We know where those locations are. And we've had some family that's been able to give us some context about some of the locations and where we're going through. We've also had the kids there and they've seen, we've seen their experience there and what it was like and the fact that they loved it that they still mm -hmm. talk about that trip and going through and geographically one of the things personally that i like a lot more about barbados than saint martin is the fact that it's so deep south the hurricanes tend to tend to start out in the atlantic and then whip and then start taking that northerly track it actually tends to barbados is so far south the hurricanes don't tend to hit that far south. So it puts you out of the belt. St. Martin was hit by Hurricane Irma back in 17, mm -hmm. was it? And um, St. Martin has, is far more in that path. This is an interesting experiment as well, Dov, in the letting go of fear pieces. Lisa talked about the, the, the change piece and being on an island. Yeah. I'm comfortable going and being on the 66 square miles. I think it's 66 square miles of Barbados. And that's what you got. St. Martin's 34 square miles. It's smaller. However, there's other islands that were accessible that were a 20 right. minute boat right away. There was a lot more of those. Barbados is Barbados going. I think St. Lucia's is 100 miles mm -hmm. away. So you're a lot more just on that island uh, there. So that was one of the we compromised on St. Martin originally, but St. Martin is all tourism based, relying on that. So they're kind of in a place right now where there's not much going on on the island, period. So that's well, what I was talking about earlier that um, oftentimes 
I know because I've traveled a lot in the U.S., but oftentimes Americans will not literally not know where other states are on a on a blank map. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not putting anybody down for that. I'm just pointing that out. And so Barbados is at best a concept. It's a Caribbean island. So so let's take it out of the conceptual just for people who are listening on. Okay, well, where is that? Where is it in the context of um, not just geographically, where is it? But where is it in the context of if you were flying from California, if you were flying from New York, if you were flying from Miami, let, let's just sort of give it a context. Yeah, um, from New York to get there, it's about a five, four and a half to five hour plane ride, basically heading south. So you're- now That not, would be the same amount of time it would take you from LA to New York. That's correct. So it's about distance wise. That's what I was going to connect the dots on is for us from California, New York, which is the flight that we're going to be making. We're flying JetBlue from California to uh, New York, and then we fly from New York down and they're about equal, uh, equal time flights. So it's Roughly about 2,500 miles, you know, south of uh, of uh, New York, shall we say? And then um, I haven't done it from Miami. I'm imagining it's probably about two and a half, three hours from there. But it's much, much deeper south um, in in the southeastern Caribbean um, is, mm-hmm. is where you're going to find it. So from South America, uh, you're probably looking at maybe about an hour and a half flight. Or so to get from, from where to maybe Venezuela or to British Guyana to Georgetown, where my you know where my family was originally from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when you think about being in those places, what do you think you'll miss about the U.S.? What do you think? Because you live, as I said, you live in California. You know, you have access to San Francisco, LA, et cetera. You know, you have access to the big world of America. What, what do you th- do? You think there's anything you'll miss? Either of you? I think for me, the convenience of we need something from Amazon. <laughs> you know, it shows up in two days. We're not going to have the. <laughs> the convenience factor of you run to the grocery store things are just so different mm. and you have to plan for hey, if you need clothes it's not going to be as easy as you run two miles down the road pick up what you need i think i don't know so much as missing things but adjusting to things not being so readily available that's a great point great because great. human beings are so driven by convenience you know when people talk about amazon i'm like it ain't going away mate it it, you you can like it you can dislike it but it isn't going away and the reason it isn't going away is because it's bloody convenient you can hate jeff bezos you can love jeff bezos it doesn't matter it's convenient Mm -hmm. on a rainy afternoon and you don't want to go outside and and traipse around shops and you sure as heck don't want to be in a crappy mall and trying to park your car you call amazon uh, you you order online yeah so that convenient factor that that makes sense and and it'll be interesting to 
to, and as I said, I know you're documenting it. It'd be interesting to see you document that part. Mm-hmm. Like the convenience of the beaches four seconds away versus Amazon is not existent. Uh, the corner store has some corner store stuff, but it doesn't have the choices. And you go, well, you know, I might go to Trader Joe's today, but I might go to Whole Foods. No, you'll go to this store because that's the only option, buddy. And we've, we've implanted in the kids' minds that prices are so expensive for just your common things too. So they can be wasteful with their breakfast cereal. And we've been pointing out at the store, this is what a box of cereal costs here. This is what it costs in Barbados. So you're not wasting any of this stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. So you're actually teaching them the economics of it too. Absolutely. Um, because that, that's something that would probably not cross people's minds. I mean, I know because I've lived on in remote places and, and it's mind-blowing but people have no idea. It's mind blowing to see this $12 thing that you bought for three bucks at home. And people are going, yes, 12 bucks. It's like, that's the price because it's imported, it's brought in, you know, et cetera. Yeah, there's that piece of, so that's, that's definitely one of the elements that we're looking at that we're going to miss. And I think on the convenience side, it's kind of a double-edged sword because of the kid's side. There's a lot of things that you'll do there that, you know, here you just take out the convenience, you swipe a credit card, they take credit cards there, but there's a lot of things that you pay with cash at. And this is something that has been mind blowing for us. You know, uh, the, the, the kids like Kira, she goes to school, she gets a hot lunch program. Well, she used to go to school and have a hot lunch program, right? And, 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 and that was a reward. So every Friday she'd get a treat. They had like, you know, something that she would like and she would be able to get that. Now, the fascinating part is today in the name of convenience, the school system has gone to a place where what do they do? You have to sign up and you have to have the money that automatically transfers into the account and goes through. It's convenient, it's much more efficient. It also conditions stupidity in our children. I'm not saying my daughter's dumb. I'm saying basic, simple things of understanding money. We are eliminating those pieces. And the whole concept of money is being erased rapidly. When I was a kid, one of the things I loved was I had hot lunch on Thursdays. They had hot dog day or pizza day. And my mom would pack me in the morning and she'd say, "Hun, you have three bucks. Uh, this should be able to get you a hot dog. You can get an ice cream. You can get, you know, a, a juice or a milk or something like that. Whatever you want. But I had my $3 and I could say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to get a couple of ice creams today and I'm going to skip the hot dog or I'm going to skip the pizza. Or maybe today I feel like having two pieces of pizza. I had to actually do that math. I had to actually take a look at what money I have and make those decisions. It wasn't just automatically figured out where mm. I just go and I give them my uh, student ID number and it's paid for it's convenience and it's erasing some of the basic yet completely important fundamental financial facts in learning that are just being erased. And, and it's easy to say, Oh, well, we can learn that through, you know, the teaching these things academically, there's nothing to learn about touching a piece of cash and then figuring out I pay and I get this money back and, oh my gosh, wow, that $10 is now just for that one little thing. Um, I got a dollar back. 
that cost me nine dollars so the kids are going to have a lot more opportunities like that where we can give them that and we've had where they'll save their allowance and we'll go into the store and they'll buy something cash but you know people are looking at you kind of weird doing that why aren't you paying with your smartphone or this and that so taking them back is going to teach them some of the basic uh, common sense pieces of simple financial elements in a way in, in, in being able to do that? Well, I think there's, there's a really interesting piece because um, I think that all too often I see that convenience is the, the, the foundation of idiocracy. It is the foundation of the dumbing down of, you know, um, and at the same time, the inconvenience um i think we've made things inconvenient that are actually fundamentally valuable so we just we, it doesn't matter because it's not convenient so you know you you know uh as an example one of your uh podcasts is the nature advantage show which i'm honored to have been a guest on and you you know you're asking people about the the impact of nature on their lives and you know the simplicity of you know because you've been to my home my hobby is gardening i love to garden um and at the same time gardening is not very convenient uh, you know and and we you know we live in condos and we live in how smaller houses and we're getting more compact and all those kinds of things and we and we we don't we don't have farms and we you know we buy things that are mass produced do you feel like island living as you're going to be doing it is that going i mean it's going to give you obviously a deeper connection to nature in the context of a beautiful sunset and beaches in the ocean i get that but is it do you feel like it's got a bigger concept for both of you and for the kids nature there versus nature in california which is still very beautiful and still you have beaches different kind but you know so for me personally on a hugely deep deep level here dove we're just going to go deep fast because that's what i like to do i believe I've, I've got a group of friends that we we talk about this whole concept of project 125 and project 125 is this function of we're going to be here for 125 years mm -hmm. so i mean alive for 125 years I'm living believing that that's a possibility because it's been said that in our lifetime, the, the human that has been born that will live to that level and beyond is already here. Yeah. So I'm thinking of why not, why not me, why not us? Now, one fascinating component about Barbados and many of what are these notorious blue zones, which are areas like Barbados, uh, there are these areas in close to water and these different elements when you actually study them, there's parts of Japan that are like this. When you actually look at them, they have insane amounts of centenarians, people that are 100 years or older. Barbados per capita has the most amount of centenarians on the planet. It does uh, per capita. And that was just mind-blowing. I did not know that. I didn't know that until I was there in 2018. They, so Barbados has more people who are 100 plus years old per capita than any other place on the planet. And so not we're not talking about Georgia, which was one of them. We're not yep. as in not the United States, but Georgia as in uh, in, in, uh, in Asia. Yep. We're not talking about Japan. 
which also is and some other countries we're talking about barbados this island that's correct so that in and of itself when i figured that out in 2018 and this is a big and and i saw the focus as a culture that they put on taking care of people the children the, the moment on the bus that we talked about in a previous episode all the way up to taking care of your elders that was consistent and that was part of the culture that was ingrained in the culture people are people right and um and and in going through that was fascinating to me so being there yes there's going to be this connection to nature and this deeper level of me that wants to 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 be around for a long time um not because i'm scared of dying it's more because there's so much to give in life i want to 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 be able to bring more to life and to to make as big of a dent as i possibly can you know and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how that that works out that was powerful for me so being in barbados i want to spend time figuring out what is it about this place that is creating that i i told that to a friend of mine in barbados i was messaging just yesterday he goes oh yeah i just celebrated he literally sends me a picture 2 minutes later he goes yeah my cousin she just celebrated her 100th birthday <laughs> like just one of my friends just sends me a picture it's like yeah it's this is this is the island here So that connection awesome. to nature man I agree that there's going to be a much much deeper profound connection with it we have it here what we also have is there's a lot of static the music mm-hmm. for my show the nature advantage is a song called amidst the static and it ties into the fact that amidst the static and the noise of life that we live in so heavily in north america having these devices and going through nature is always still there mm-hmm. in barbados it slows down the connection to the static to some of those pieces it's still there that noise is still there but there's even more of an abundance of the nature connection that we have and this is a big and here as well what was so fascinating for us while we're there is you see people we have devices but the social context right which ties into the piece of why putting the devices away for the kids and them not even really being interested in it you're not seeing people on devices as much mm-hmm. they're there but people see you on the street they have time to talk to you they're not walking on the street with their face buried in a phone the juxtaposition of that of seeing that in in the life and being able to talk and just being outside in nature and 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 everybody actually taking care of their garden you see a lot more of that that is so powerful for us and i remember vividly last year when we flew back from st martin as soon as i got off the plane in atlanta i'm walking off the jetway and a guy literally walked into me on his phone and it was just dodging people not because of the abundance of people dodging people that were too busy walking and on their phones and so just the human connection the nature connections there i uh, i i will be diving more i'll be personally i'll be diving more the kids are excited to do that i've put a mask on kira mm-hmm. and she's seen underwater uh and what she sees with fish they've both been blown away by that so True. that is going to accelerate that nature connection for us as individuals but for us as humans connecting with each other as well and that's so powerful. Well, I think to having the kids be exposed to 
one of Darren's friends owns a dive boat and he goes and he hunts his food. So having the kids experience, this is where our food comes from. This is yes. what we're tonight, yep. you know, just taking nature to that level of this is, Preston is so excited about, we have a garden in the backyard of bell peppers. He is passionate about his bell peppers. So when you're on awesome. that island and you're picking your banana or your coconut, and you're seeing where these grow, you know, it's just, it's, it'll be fascinating to yeah. see them. Yeah, he won't eat the bell peppers, yeah. but he's fascinated by the bell peppers. He'll, he'll gladly pick them. He loves picking them. He loves growing them, tending to the garden. He loves getting out. So going through that, my, my one of my friends down in, in, in Barbados, he contacted me. He's like, I got an extra spear gun for you. And he said, and here's the rules. If we go hunt, he goes, we catch it you eat it and that's it. And you never, we never go through an overfish. So getting that kind of context in the kids' heads that we're part of the ecosystem, that we're there to give back and we can take, that is a level of consciousness that is available to us here. But in the life that we live, we don't get to really play in that space as and that's, much. What you're bringing up there, I think is such an important part for us to get as we, as even as we finish up the show, which is we live in a world that's at our convenience. And what makes that world run is in the background of all the noise. And what makes that world run is nature. What makes that world run is community. What makes that world run is relationships. But it all runs in the background of ordering off Amazon, uh, paying the bills, going to work, the distractions of this, the distractions of that, the, the, the cell phones, as you said, the digital devices. And one of the things about what you've, what I've loved about this conversation is that you've really brought to the fore the importance of a community, uh, B culture, and what that means in a much broader sense. And, and then the final tie-in back to nature and feeling like we're part of a uh, of an ecosystem that at more than a conceptual level. I mean, we all know that conceptually, but we don't know it. I mean, I've, I saw a, a show several years ago where they took somebody who was non non climate change believer and they put them on a boat and took them uh, uh, to the North Pole and showed them here's how the here's what's happening and they could see well you know well here's well all right so it's a glacier so what well here's what it looked like this is the picture this is the map and here's how it looked before and here's how it looks now and suddenly it's real and it's kind of like you know like Jim Carrey said I wish everybody could be famous and wealthy for 15 minutes so they'd know it, it isn't everything you think it is. And, and it's kind of like you're jumping out of reality that you, me, we all have been conditioned to say, we've got the good life. We live in America. It's the best in the world. It's the greatest. We're the greatest because of convenience, because of first world economies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But everything has a price and a cost, and it isn't always money. Oftentimes, it's culture, it's connection with your children, it's the safety of, of your children in a, in a store and, or sitting on a bus and 
all the things that you've really brought us to. And I, I love that you've brought it all the way around to, to nature and brought all of that home for us. And in that, you are also, again, I want to mention this because I want everybody to understand, you're documenting this journey, right? Just as we close up, I want you to tell us about documenting the journey and what's the, what's the, the hope and the purpose of that, aside from your kids being able to look back at it years later, but beyond that. So the, we love, I, I love photography. I always have the camera whenever we travel. And the kids absolutely love going back and looking at videos from past trips. So the documenting of the experience is to be able to look back on, mm -hmm. but to also when the when the kids look back and you know, 10 years from now they're going through something difficult, we can say, hey, you've already done something very difficult, you know, and yeah. we've already learned. So we've documented the process of literally getting rid of everything we own and that's been a struggle you know sure. but it started months and months ago we had tears we had anger of why are you making us do this to the evolution of hey other kids can use our toys we don't need these toys what what really do we need so they're excited now to go donate clothes everything so it the evolution in just a short period of time has been amazing. And I just think documenting the entire journey will be great to look back on, you know, for when they are dealing with struggles or, hey, we accomplished this and we don't know where we're going to end up. So but that, it, it, you are doing it on YouTube. We are. Yes. So yeah. other people will be able to see it too, right? Right. Yeah, so we're, we're documenting this stuff. The, the, first and foremost, we're documenting this for ourselves. And we are inviting anybody that wants to follow the journey that seem, feels that, hey, this makes sense. This would be interesting to follow. To just see the good, the bad, the ugly, the beauty and the mess of it all. That, hey, this sounds glamorous. And here's all of the highly unglamorous, challenging pieces that go through. <laughs> Uh, to make this a reality. And we know when we get to the island, yeah, we'll have incredible beach shots. Yeah, we're going to have pictures of us swimming in the ocean, paddle boarding, doing all these things. That's, that, that's all going to be part of it. And what are the costs? What are some of the things that we're going to have to do? What are some of the conveniences that we have to go give up? So we are documenting this for ourselves and to hopefully empower others to flip their script. It, 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 we want to just show, hey, these are some of the things that we've had to go through. And if things are going to be messy in a space of convenience and you're going to be living and wallowing in that state, why not do something, at least pursuing something that you love? You, you talked about Jim Carrey. I love the lesson that he shares and has shared many times about his dad having been absolutely miserable in his job as like a mm -hmm. CPA or as an accountant for many years and telling him, well, Jim, you can't do this comedy, you can't do this acting thing. And Jim said, well, if I could fail doing something I hate, why not fail doing something I love? Because his dad had really been miserable, so hadn't really succeeded. Uh, and when he lost his job, I think yeah. he lost his job. And, and I think that's the way that we're looking at it. Not through the lens that everything's going to be rosy and perfect, but through the lens of, Here's what it's like. Here's the reality of it. 
And I hope it empowers others to just look at the little things that we can shift mm -hmm. and watch the growth trajectory. As, mm -hmm. as Lisa mentioned, she did have a lot of moments where she was crying and in tears because I was taking things out of the closet. I'm just giving her a hard I was time. Like, that wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was the kids, right? Internally. We, yeah, internally. She's like, why do we have to do this? I was like, remember, we're going to Barbados. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. We can't take that whole closet or, or that box mm -hmm. of stuff. We're going to have to do something. We can't keep everything in the house. We're going to be renting the house out here. Like, those are, these are hard decisions. This is where... We were married and we got married, moved into this house. We had our first kids here. This this was our home that we planned on being in forever. We're not selling it. We'll, we'll come back, but it'll be different when you get to the place of, I'm going to have somebody else living in our home. That's going to be a whole series of stuff that we have to wrestle with and letting people know that it's okay to wrestle with things because of the greater impact that you feel like you can make for yourself or for others. And, and that's something to empower yourself. Why aim at living a life of mediocrity? You know, that's the place that we want to really take home for, for others. Well, the, the bottom line of it is shit's going to happen in your life, whether you're in your boring job or whether you're out on an adventure. That's the bottom line, right? So do you want to say, do you want to come home and bitch, moan, and complain in your normal nine to five? Or do you want to bitch morning complaining of, yeah, but I'll have a cerveza and I'll put my feet up and I'll have a look and I'll watch the water or I'll watch whatever it is, the nature that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I really want to thank you both for being on the show today. Um, I, first of all, I want to ask you to please share where people could go and maybe look at the flip the script as you, as you're documenting your journey. Um, so let's, let's start there. So, cause they may want to go, I want to find out more about this. So we are on YouTube at the Flip the Script family. We are on Facebook and Instagram as well, the Flip the Script family, and www.thefliptheScriptfamily.com. Fabulous. Okay, great. Um, so they can they can follow your journey with Instagram on Facebook and on youtube they can see the videos they can see all those things and you're gonna you you've already started documenting and you plan to continue to document and as you said i love the fact that you're gonna show the the message the mess and the beauty and the nature and all those things so thank you both for that uh if they want to if people want to find out more about you guys in any other sense uh, reach out to you is is there a way for people to do that is it okay if they do that absolutely and, and through those vehicles, they can, uh, I think they can reach out to us uh, that way. If you want to learn more about me personally, uh, with what we've talked about, we've mentioned a little bit of the Nature Advantage Show. Uh, yes. You can check out my website, natureadvantageshow.com. That'll direct you to my personal website. You can see many of the, go uh, many of the guests like Dov that have actually been on that show. Jamie Mustard's been on this show uh, Victor Wooten's been on this show. You will find them on the Nature Advantage as well, but we're talking about some very uh, powerful elements of how nature has enhanced their human excellence. If you want to learn more about me on the leadership consulting side and what 34 Strong does in creating great places to work, check out 34strong.com and you can also find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, the traditional social media channels um, and from there. 
Well, I really want to thank you both. It's been a pleasure and honor. I always love talking to you. Uh, I'm really grateful to both of you. And thank you for awakening people to the idea that uh, and the concept and the possibility of flipping the script um, and getting outside of their own uh, rigid, we all have them, our own rigid ideas about what's possible and what's not possible. Um, and to maybe take the keys from under the pillow and unlock your own golden cage so that you can fly. So I really want to thank you both. And for you, dear listener, as always, I encourage you to stay curious, my friend, stay curious about how you might be able to flip the script on what you call reality. What is it that's possible for you that you've made impossible? What is the reality that is beyond the reality you live in? What is the world that exists beyond your bubble? What is the paradox that if you faced it, your entire world, your entire reality would open up? And I would challenge you to look even deeper at the question that Darren's CPA put forward to him, which is, you got the idea. Now, will you regret not doing it in 10 years? That's the question. Stay curious, my friends. Stay curious. My name is Dov Baron. I am the Dragonist, and you can find out more about me at dovbaron.com. You can also, of course, catch this podcast on Alexa and so many other places, wherever you tune into podcasts. We look forward to seeing you next time for another delicious episode of Curiosity Bites. Till next time, stay curious, my friends. Stay curious. <laughs>